you were at BCG in the summer. Yes. Um, did you apply for like other consulting agencies, or did you like was was you like focused on BCG? Yeah, I think as an international student, you every international student with whom I've met kind of applied to every consulting firm because that is. Uh, we're we're limited in that capacity. You right. know, there are only so many firms that sponsor visas. I I, I do think the interview <laughs> process is very much like dating. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, like there's this yeah. there's someone who is kind of pursuing the other person, right? And the other person has to to judge that if they want to be together or not. Right. But it's a, a <laughs> process of mutual selection. Welcome, everybody. My name is Singing Yao, and this is the Please Unmute Yourself podcast. This is our very first episode of the new school year, 2022, and this is our first time using this fancy new recording studio that Columbia Business School has offered. Thank you, Columbia. Thank you, and all the sponsors. Thank you so much. And then today, we have the honor to invite Jack Tu, who is one of my best friends in Cluster B. <laughs> started as we started the same year at Columbia Business School, and he has recently finished his internship at BCG Chicago. He came from TSMC, which is one of the world's first dedicated semiconductor foundry, and he has five years of experience at TSMC. But I could get things wrong. But I should have him introduce himself. Hi everyone.、Uh, I'm Jack. It's great to be here today.、Um, you know, Cindy's put a lot of work into this, and we, I think, we can all say we're very, very appreciative of all the hard work Cindy has put into into making this come to life.、Um, previously mentioned, I'm Jack.、Um, I'm I was born in Taiwan, born in Kaohsiung, which is the south part of Taiwan. But I moved to Beijing when I was two, so I spent my entire childhood in Beijing, and I attended an international school. Which is a mixture of like a, a blessing and not a blessing.、Um, you know, from a very young age, we, I've had this international exposure, international perspectives, because all my classmates and all my friends came from all over the world. But at the same time,、uh, the international school community is kind of a bubble that kind of insulates me from the local community. So,、um, looking back, I do regret a little bit not reaching out more and mingling with. Um, the local environment and getting more accustomed to life in in Beijing proper.、Uh, after I reached eighteen、um, and became a real person,、uh, I came to the U.S. I did my undergrad at the University of Illinois in materials science and engineering.、Uh, had a wonderful four years,、uh, which is why I'm going back to Chicago.、Uh, and afterwards, I decided I didn't want to be a material scientist because I didn't want to get a PhD.、Uh, so I came to Columbia for the first time. And I got my master's in chemical engineering from Columbia, and then I went back to Taiwan to work at TSMC, like Cindy said, for five years, which she got correctly. <laughs>、um, and during that time, you know, I did a lot of stuff. I, I worked on the iPhone eight, which was pretty cool. When in, right before it came out,、uh, knew when the process went from not as great to pretty great. So. Uh, and afterwards, I also shifted into different departments at TSMC. Worked as an integration engineer, process engineer, as well as a design engineer. So, very lucky to have kind of a broad exposure to semiconductors、uh, as a young professional. Well, very technical. Do you do you like how how is your experience? Do you 
Or how's your experience at Columbia actually? Because I know you're a second Colum- second time Colombian. Yeah, I think we have a, a Slack group going on called the Double Lions. Um, but you know, I, I didn't apply to Columbia Business School on accident. Right, it's a very conscious choice to come back to Columbia. I think the first time at Columbia, um, it was really great. I really liked New York City, and I really wanted to live in New York City, which was why. Partly why I applied to Columbia Business School, mm-hmm. and after I came back, I realized uh, Columbia, sorry, New York, in your early twenties is very different from New York in your late twenties. Oh, I see. You make a lot of compromises in your early twenties um, in terms of quality of life. That is okay because it's your early twenties, and you're like, this is fine for now. Right. And then you get to your late twenties, you you think about, ah, oh, I have to take my laundry out of my apartment to do it. Like what? So um, that also added fuel to my decision in you know applying to uh, jobs in Chicago. Oh, I see. So so New York City versus Chicago. You're ultimately thinking that New York City is too hot for you, and Chicago is the right temperature. Yes, um, both in the figurative sense and in the literal sense. <laughs> awesome. Okay. All right. But glad to have you at Columbia Business School. Glad you made the choice to. Super glad to have you here as well. <laughs> All right, so um, you were at BCG in the summer. Yes. Um, did you apply for like other consulting agencies, or did you like was was you like focused on BCG? Yeah, I think as an international student, you every international student with whom I've met kind of applied to every consulting firm because that is uh, we're we're limited in that capacity. You right. know, there are only so many firms that sponsor visas. So we can't. We don't have the luxury of really choosing which firms are uh, the top firms that we want that w- we only apply to. So we apply to every firm. But I think all of us in our minds do have a list of priorities when we're applying. Which firms we want to go to most? Mm-hmm. Uh, which firms we want to go to? If we don't get into firms we get to want to go to most, we still <laughs> want to go to them. It's just uh, they are, you know. How do I put this uh, more there, artfully? Uh, may, maybe just say like you know you 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 prefer one over another. yes, I, and I don't think it's personal it, preference. I don't think it's a it's a fact that speaks to the calibers of the firms. I think it's at the end of the day when you're looking at these career opportunities, it's really about a personality match, oh. and I do think that you know this gets thrown around as a buzzword in, in the beginning of recruiting, but as after. Having gone through that recruiting process, I, I really, really believe that. I think the firms are also really good uh-huh. at identifying the the people that vibe with their personalities. So um, you're you're basically talking about dating at this point. I I, I do think the interview <laughs> process is very much like dating. Um, I mean, think about it. Like there's this yeah. there's someone who is kind of pursuing the other person, right? And the other person has to the judge that. If they want to be together or not, right. but it's a, a su- process of mutual selection. It's not that you know A really wants to be with B and then B accepts A. At the same time, like A is choosing B and B is choosing A, right. and it's not about. Uh, it shouldn't be about like uh, how much uh, financial gains you get from being in this relationship. It's really yeah. about whether that personality matches. So I really do believe that different firms have different personalities, and as students. Even though we're there's kind of this stereotype of like which firms are 
more prestigious and which ones are not. Um, I think personality at the end of the day is the best indicator of whether you will have a good time and you have a good career and you will really fit into that firm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And in terms of like, if we're comparing dating processes to like consulting interviews, how did you prepare? (laughs) You know, so so if we're really going to go with this analogy, um, I would liken the process of application to be kind of like that guy who swipes right on every person on Tinder. And then you're waiting to see which firm swipe right for you. I see. And then the interview process is kind of like chatting with them uh-huh. on on Tinder. Right. And then the in-person internship is the actual first time you go out on a date. Right. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. So there's, there is this actually quite analogous relationship between recruiting and uh, and dating. Right. Um, Obviously, there are some differences, right? Like the casing and stuff. The casing is, it's, if someone were to ask me how to turn around a company on our Tinder date, I'd be like, what are we doing here? Like, I'm out, right? There's a, there's, there's slight, there's some slight differences between the two, but I think in a lot of ways they are, are very similar. And in terms of preparation, I do think that, again, I'm going back to the cliche, um, this is a process of introspection where when you're looking at all of these firms, you're getting to know the people there, but at Mm -hmm. the same time, you're looking at yourself and asking yourself, can I see myself at this firm? And can I see myself being happy working at this firm? Um, Right. And in terms of preparing, like preparing the technicalities of the interview, like casing, et cetera, they're all very similar. Um, mm-hmm. You don't prepare for casing with BCG and then casing with Bing. You prepare for casing. Right. Um, and you got to nail it down. Like You got to nail it down. And that's it. that's same across the board. Right. Right. Um, which is why I think at the end of the day, it's very much a, a personality thing mm-hmm. because the technical skills that you're presenting is very similar, if not exactly the same. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, how you vibe with the interviewer during the interview, how mm-hmm. you vibe with the, the people at the firm during the coffee chats, those are really the factors that I think indicates whether you'll have a good time at that firm. So right. the, the reason I ultimately picked Chicago, ultimately, the reason I ultimately chose to go to BCG was because uh, I loved the people there and I loved talking to the people there. And this summer, I loved working with the people there. Yeah. So it, it was quite fascinating to me how much the personalities meshed and the peop- how much I vibed with the people when I was going through this entire process. Wow. So did, did your mind change after you spent two, three months at BCG? Like, did you, like, you know, I, I was at consulting before and the, the wording from those three is that they give you really good uh, internship, like, experience. Like, they try to take out, take you out to dinner. They try to like, you know, um, kind of give you the best best experience at BC or at, at any consulting firm. How was your summer internship experience? Did you like? So I think by any objective metric, my summer should not have been enjoyable. Um, for context, I, I worked on two due diligence cases for private equity firms, Oof. and those are renowned for being. Um, some of the most challenging cases in terms of work-life balance. Right. How how like how short or how long is the duration of each? Uh, it was two three-week due diligence cases. Oh. 
Um, and, you know, you, you are even as an intern, you're expected to be like a consultant in owning a module, driving that module and delivering it at the end of three weeks. So it was a lot of work. Um, there were the, when the internship first began, I worked through two national holidays. Really? Because um, the case demanded of it. Right. But I'm still going back. Like that. that's what <laughs> I mean by I think the personality really meshed. I see. Um, I think a lot of people talk about these internships and consulting firms giving you a, a good, quote unquote, good time at the internship as kind of them pampering you and taking you out to dinner and not showing you what the real life is like. I think I've had a pretty authentic experience in that uh, my experience wasn't sugarcoated. Nice. Um, okay. And I think partly that was because uh, the recruiting director matched me with this partner who happened to have these due diligence cases fall in their lap. So uh, thank you, Kendall, for doing that. Um, <laughs> but uh, Rafe, the partner with whom I worked, was excellent. I think throughout this summer, um, you really get to experience the apprenticeship model that BCG has. Mm. Uh, and the mentorships that you receive, not just from the senior partners in terms of the managing director and the partners, but even the second-year consultants and the first-year consultants were very eager to jump in to help you understand um, what is right. going on and how you can learn and contribute. This is a part where I'm like a little creepy because I looked at your LinkedIn profile. And of course. I, <laughs> like every good host, right? So I know you wrote like you're a builder and you're passionate about entrepreneurship and you're, you want to build something, you want to create something. Why did you go to consulting? This, this feels like you asking me like, <laughs> why did you sell your soul or like, <laughs> something like that? But I think uh, to answer that question, um, I, I, had, I have to look back on like, why I talked about liking to build stuff and why mm -hmm. I like the idea of entrepreneurship. And I think in the most basic essence of that is I really like to solve problems that I think are important. And uh, that's something, that's like the reason I became an engineer because um, engineers are people that solve problems. Um, and I think going into consulting allows me to have that exposure to different problems from uh, different industries that based on my previous exposure, I might not have known even exists. Um, so, and, and by that, you know, I do think a lot of people talk about consulting projects not being quote unquote important or consulting projects not like solving the society's most important problems. but. I do disagree with that mm -hmm. in to a certain extent, right? Like, yeah. For example, this summer we worked on a lot of healthcare projects and healthcare and, and biopharma projects. Right. And although those projects and those solutions that we're proposing might not directly be impacting, um, you know, solving cancer, solving cancer, curing, treating cancer. Oh, but uh, it's gonna like. But I think it, it creates that environment which which right. can encourage these type of changes to society. Yeah. And I think in my previous mindset of being an engineer, it was like, I have to go do this, that I have to solve this problem. But right. that, at the same time, it's admirable. It also limit, limited my scope. It limits my scope. 
um, where you can only solve problems within your realm of expertise. You can mm-hmm. only solve one problem at a time. But um, I think going into consulting, being in that environment where you can address different problems from different areas allows you to, at least I think it would allow me to broaden the scope. It'll allow me to create environments, solve high-level problems that will um, inspire, incubate, and really help different people solve many different problems. At least that's my hope. Right. Um, <laughs> I think I, I have a resonation, but like I really resonate with you, but my problem is that I also wanted to build and I also wanted to solve the big problems. The contradiction or the the problem with consulting is that it's expensive. And a lot of the smaller companies that actually need the help of like data, like experience or strategies from consulting companies can't afford consulting companies. And and like, you know, companies who can't afford consulting They've grown so big that what we're trying to solve is just pretty trivial to, you know, their everyday problems or or that we're trying to solve, thing, solve something that's so grand that it will take like five to ten years for them to gradually implement. So that's kind of my the, – the question or like something that resulted in me kind of quitting consulting. I don't know, like – what you think about it. So I, I, I do agree with that. Um, consulting firms, especially firms like BCG, are very expensive. Um, but I think we're also in a stage of the world where when small players start showing promise, these big monsters come to gobble them up. And <laughs> Don't uh, say that. It's a synergy creation. <laughs> sure. Synergy creation. But it's... It's a reality where, you know, a company like Google was able to uh, spring out and succeed like 20, 30 years ago. Um, I think it's very, very difficult for that to happen now because mm-hmm. when a company shows promise, a company like Google will come come by to acquire it and give it more resources, which, you know, is can be a good thing, right? Um, it can be argued that a company like YouTube without the infusion of capital from Google would not have grown to be what it is today um, if if that were didn't happen. So there is the fact, the cold fact that a lot of young um, small companies cannot afford these type of uh, consulting help to give them framework, to give them some kind of structure to building their company, which I do think they very much need. I do think that this problem is starting to get addressed by uh, different companies. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that uh, both Accenture and McKinsey have um, started a practice, particularly targeting startups. Um, So, you know, these things are starting to happen in terms of how it will be in the future. I do hope that there are more resources that will be available to startups and smaller companies. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen right away. I am just starting at at BCG. Uh, Maybe after 10 years, and if I make MDP, I could try to make that happen more realistically. But it is a problem that exists. But I think us being individuals, Mm -hmm. um, 
we have the capability to address problems within our means and to help the world the best we can. Right. It is generally not within our means to solve every problem in the world. Um, Very well we, said. We are only we are limited in our capabilities, time, mm -hmm. energy, and I think we can only do the best we can. But if everyone's doing the best we can, then these problems, a solution will present itself to these problems. Very well said. Wow, I'm speechless. Maybe I should reconsider consulting now. <laughs> we we always welcome you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I know you just said, you know, what's beautiful about how we can do things within our own abilities to help out. Um, have you been, you know, helping out? I know you've been helping out companies, startups at Columbia. Is there anything that you're really passionate about recently? Well, uh, this year I am co-president of the Insight Fellowship. It's, uh, it's not really a Columbia club. It's a national fellowship that has different chapters throughout the U.S., um, and Columbia is part of the New York chapter, which includes Columbia, New York University, NYU, including Stern, and also includes Cornell and Yale, and you know all the subsidiaries and different schools within this kind of New York ecosystem. Um, and it is a fellowship where students, not just MBA students, we also have PhDs, advanced candidates from all types of different backgrounds, including engineering, you know, medical. Uh, and the idea is to provide some consulting to startups within New York. So we've worked previously with startups uh, that, focus, that are focused on, for example, women's health, focused on sustainability, focused on mental health. So I think this program was does serve, serve an important purpose, important cause. It also gives students um, exposure to the venture capital space, um, the, the startup space in general. So it's also a good educational opportunity for students to get involved in. Uh, this club was, I think, disproportionately impacted by the COVID pandemic mm -hmm. because it is an inter-school effort. So what ended up happening was after the pandemic and people came back to school, each school club had that cohesion that comes from being classmates, from being schools. But the cohesion of the Insight Fellowship was something that we are hoping to rebuild because uh, it's difficult for you know a Columbia student to have FaceTime with an NYU student every, right. every day. And it's even more difficult to get that FaceTime with like Yale students or... Cornell time. students. Yeah, time right? difference. So it it's something that has to be rebuilt gradually and slowly. Um, it's something that we're working towards. And, you know, we, we have an info session coming up and we have uh, activities and, and companies lined up to cooperate and partner with us this year. So we're really excited to uh, kind of launch this year and try to rebuild the, the Insight program in the New York area. Awesome. How do I sign up? <laughs> so there, there's an application process. Oh, uh, oh huh. uh, the application process is not uh, that much work, um, even though it sounds like a lot of work. Uh, we have a few startup companies that are on a website, and if you visit the website, you can see which companies we've selected to kind of for you to write about. Mm -hmm. And when you're writing about this company, we're not looking for you know uh, 
90-page due diligence report like you would expect like a consulting company to give you. What we really want to know is how you view this company. So from your background, if you are a, you know, a lawyer, talk about how you think this, this company, um, whether it has pros or cons, right. depending on you know, your expertise. If you're an engineer, what do you think about this technology? If you are in biosciences, what do you think about the science behind what they're doing? Um, so we're really looking to see your perspective on things. And it's not something we're not expecting you to uh, give a full evaluation of it, you know, do a financial model, et cetera. <laughs> it, it's what are you looking to contribute to these companies, your perspectives? I'm very impressed. So I think so I did a similar program last year, but I kind of wish that I would be able to kind of do something within Columbia community or like have a lot more commun- uh, Columbia tenants um this year so i'll definitely reach out <laughs> and i'm i'm probably gonna put you know inside information in the description below so check it out if you're interested all right um do you think that with you know the insight trying to build possibly entrepreneurship possibly startups do you think the market currently has an impact on kind of these endeavors especially you know with the Secondary market, the, the stocks, etc. So, I think yes um, and no. <laughs> it depends. Such uh, a business way <laughs> answer. <laughs> so there is, I think, a lot of unpredictability in terms of how much uh, VC capital will be available in, in the next year or, or so. There, there is that uncertainty there, right? Mm-hmm. I can't say there won't be any. But uh, I can't also can't be. It's not like two years ago where, I'm, where I can be like, yeah, this is a good year for for tech and for for startups. But I do think moments like this are chances uh, for investors to see which opportunities and which companies and which ideas really can persevere and push through. Um, there have been incidences of, of recession and difficult times before. And I don't think that if a company and its idea is really strong and this is the right time for that idea, that it will fail. Um, but if an idea that is being proposed is not being proposed at the right time, it could fail for now. But that doesn't mean that idea is not good. You know, it's just... For example, you know, mm-hmm. IBM came out with right. a smartphone in like the 1970s, but it wasn't until I, the iPhone that that really took off. It's not that the smartphone is a bad idea. It's that the time is not ripe for such an idea, right? So there are so many innovative companies out there right now. Um, some of them, I think that the time is, is right right now, and some of them may be in five years. Mm. Um, and I think if the time for this company is right at this moment. I don't think that uh, they will die because of the current economic situation. So, you know, hard, the economy will have difficult times, the economy will have good times, but I, I do think that if uh, a technology or a company is right and people believe in the technology in the company, then, you know, they, they can survive and endure through these times. 
Sounds good. That's that's giving me hope, at least. <laughs> but, it, I mean, if you have an idea and you want to start a company, maybe wait a few years. <laughs> Realistic talk. Realistic talk. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, so we have this new segment in our podcast. It's called Unmute Now. Puns intended. And what we do is basically we give you uh, options, two options, and we're going to rapid fire and you're going to tell me which one you prefer. Okay. I'm hoping not to slip out anything inappropriate here. <laughs> All right. So are you ready? Yes. Awesome. Kravis or Geffen? Geffen. 8.30 a.m. start or 9.15 p.m. end? 8.30. What? Wow. All right, this one is obvious. New York City or Chicago? Chicago. Oh, man, okay, no surprises there. Ask me the last question again. I want to see if I can answer even quicker. Okay, New York City Chicago. or- Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love New York. Um, I just think that uh, for myself and my current you know, life stage and what I'm looking for in my life, um, Chicago is a better fit. You but, can't say anything to like make up for that. No. <laughs> not not in my not in my mind. I mean, I I honestly do think New York City is great. Um, I'm hoping I'm not going to get egged to death uh, in the hallways of uh, New York and, and on Broadway for picking Chicago or New York. But I'm mean, come on, I'm going to Chicago after That's, after school. This this question was kind of a, an I obvious know, one. I know, I know. Uh, why, Kevin? I like the cafe, and uh, the, special the first one? special first shout one? out to uh, Rosanna for you know her morning bagels that keep me energized throughout the day. Woo! So the two two dollar fifty bagels. Yes, <laughs> gotta love them. Inflation, um, and why eight thirty a.m.? Well, I used to be a night person. Uh, throughout undergrad, I was a night person. And honestly, to put it very bluntly, I'm just getting old. <laughs> you know, like it's, it gets to like 10 p.m. and I just want to go to bed. And when I have a class that ends at 9.15 and I get home, I, I just, I'm just, I'm just out. Um, but in terms of 8.30, you know, I think not only does it put me in a good rhythm for, to prepare me for real life again, mm -hmm. but... It's it's good to get a breakfast, uh, get settled in before everyone else, and then uh, kind of get energized for the day. And, and also, eight thirty a.m. usually implies an earlier finish time through the day. So not, not always, but not usually. always. Yes, I know. Next term, I do have eight thirty a.m. until nine fifteen p.m. So that Why question you, becomes irrelevant. Why do you do this, David? Um, where do you eat dinner at the between the five? And the 6 p.m. I never find a good place, so I so always starve. I I sometimes skip dinner. Um, uh, yeah. Or sometimes I go to Dear Mama's for just like a croissant. Oh, so they're still open at 5 p.m.? I thought they were yeah, open. They're open at show. 5 p.m. I'll go and grab a croissant, and that's enough to kind of hold me over. Croissant. They have an everything croissant, which, you know, is, is you surprisingly put, good. You can put everything on a croissant? It's like... The everything bagel kind of thing, but with a croissant. With a croissant. Um, I, I will say though, <laughs> based on you know the the cross section of the croissant, I don't think it's a real croissant. So it's, it's a bagel. No, mixed so it, with it, a they have the texture somewhat right, but it's not as as layered as I think. 
when, when I think of a croissant. You know, you have to lose something to get everything, right? <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe it's not what's the, the movie. Everything, uh, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, it's 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 not that it's not that kind of deal. <laughs> awesome, I think that's pretty much our time. So thank you again for coming to please submit yourself. You're a very eloquent speaker. Um, I'm sure you'll do great at BCG, um, and I wish the best in Chicago. We're we're still gonna see each other for a year, but. I mean, we're going to see each other after. We're going we're, we're to see each other. I'm going to find hours. a way to trick you. To, I mean, I'm going to convince, uh, convince, trick. Con- convince, convince <laughs> you to go to Chicago. <laughs> we'll see. Please don't invite me in the winter. Only summer. Only, only summer. summer. Only summer. Awesome. But thank you again. Thank you. It's All been right. a pleasure. Thank you. So this is the Please Unmute Yourself podcast. If you want to be involved in this podcast, Please reach out to us on Instagram, on email, um, or just say hi with us on campus um, and come join us. We'll love to have more people doing podcasts on campus.